Nitro got that fire, boy. What's going on? This is Off the Post NHL. I'm TJ alongside Meech, and today we got a special guest in the house. We got Jeffrey Dermott, your resident Senators fan, prospect aficionado. And, uh, he's going to give us some uh, some prospect breakdowns later in the episode. But Jeff, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. Um, I'm excited to be part of the podcast. Uh, the first first episode I was able to watch, uh, it was great. And yeah, I'm just I'm excited to talk hockey. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, Meech, how are you feeling going in, uh, going into this episode after this weekend? Man, I'm just I got the I got the preseason blues, boys. Like I'm just waiting for hockey to start, kind of thing. You know what I mean? But um, other than that, just been chilling. I'm trying to get into football, watching a variety of different sports. So, you know, gonna start doing the football Sundays with the boys. So had a good week of a good weekend of learning. Do you have a you, football man? team now? What? Oh, we Do have, have a like a favorite player. team now. Oh, me? Yeah. Bro, we talked about this. I have to be a Cowboys fan with TJ because the similarities to the Leafs are just too perfect. Oh, yeah, right. I like the the most hated team in the NHL, so why not go for the most hated team in the NFL? Yeah, why not, right? And one of the most just down bad. Everybody hates the franchise. Yeah. No, so, uh, (laughs) yeah, my weekend, boys, I was just – I watched some football with the boys. We made some horrible bets, me and Mitch, but uh, (laughs) – that's neither here nor there. Uh, Mitch kind of touched on it, but my weekend was a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of prayers up for Prescott, but then fucking Cooper Rush clutched up for the boys. So oh, there goes. You had no shit. faith. You had no faith, bro. I had that no on the faith, record. Bro. I had I'm, no faith. I came in. I came in. I was like, "We're going Cowboys." You're like, "No chance. They're losing by 20. <laughs> I I but, look foolish. I look foolish. All right, boys. Let's 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 start with the uh, NHL stuff here. So I just wanted to do a quick little segment is I wanted to see what your guys' top five offseason uh, for the teams would be. Like what, what teams do you think had the best off uh, offseason? So TJ, I think we should start with you. All right. All right. I'm going, I'm going off the cut. I'm going first. Um, I'm feeling pretty nice with my picks, but I don't know if they're like conventional or if I just like went way off the board and I dug into it too deep, but all right. So uh, here we go. So, uh I don't know if you guys like, I don't know if I fit the criteria properly, but I'm just going to give it to you straight. I gave number one, Detroit. Okay. Detroit was a down bad team. And when I was looking at their additions, so the Yeiser plan, bro, we added a Sherratt, Andrew Kopp and Perron who are two or sorry, three, like veteran Stanley cup, you know, kind of guys. And then they also added a Vili Huso in net to add on to Nedeljkovic. So now they might got a bit more like goaltending. So added some defense, added some veteran forwards. And then some uh, more depth signings were uh, Kubalik, Olimata, Robert Hag. So, you know, I feel like they just, they, they added a lot of good players there. And then uh, looking at their draft, they actually added uh, Marco Casper at pick eight. And he was the number five uh, international skater prospect. He had 11 points in 46 games in the Swedish league. So seven goals is pretty good for, for a youngster. So I feel like they had a, just a really, really solid off season. You guys have any thoughts on me putting them number one? I have them in my top five. They're not number one to me. Honestly, I think this, it's all subjective, right? I'm like what you think, like compared to the last season. So 
I mean, I respect it. I was thinking about it, but I, I didn't have them as number one. Who you got two? Who you got two? Number two, uh, I got I got Ottawa number two. Okay. So okay. It's 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 kind of perfect that we have Jeffrey here on this episode because I do have Ottawa number two. So uh additions, Alex the Brinkat, Clojureau. Like that's just instantly more offense to add with the guys that they already had with you know the you have Kachuk you have Stutzel you have Josh Norris like so it's just to add into that top six and pushing guys down into the top nine just adds depth all around the roster so those additions were obviously big time and uh yeah they also I believe they locked up uh Tim right they re-signed oh, him yeah. eight so years, that that eight that's years, part I, I count that as part of the off season, right? Like that's a, a huge move. And me and Mitch were talking about it before. I don't know if Mitchell has kind of changed his, his opinion, but when we talked about this before, we were saying like long-term, that's going to be like a good deal. You know what I mean? Oh, like in eight years, it's going to be a steal. Million, like, so yeah. I, I add that, you know what I mean? And then they also get Cam Talbot to, you know, replace Matt Murray. So we'll see how that addition goes, but I, I, I like it just, uh, the Senators are getting better as a team. Cam Talbot's shown like he can be a solid, consistent goaltender. So, yeah. I, I have to say, I got to pipe in and say, um, you got to put some respect on my man Cam Talbot's name because uh, he is now referred to as uh, All Star Cam Talbot. Uh, okay. Because he was an All Star last season. So, you know, I just <laughs> I have, to, I have to mention that. I have some faith in him. I think he's going to be all right. I think he was in a, a tough battle in the net. Minnesota it was a tough situation. They had a good team last year, but uh, I, I I do trust him. I, I I think that he'll be consistent enough to the point where he can win us some games. But I'm also you know I I don't think he I don't necessarily mean he's going to be an all star again this year, but we'll see. I'm, Let's hold I'm on here. He's he's no Matt Murray, Jeff. Let's be real. He's no yeah, Matt no Murray. of course no. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That was a wonderful trade. And uh, but, I just hope I, I don't wish anything negative on him. I actually I, I thought he wasn't too bad with us. I just thought he had a injuries, very unfortunate man. series of events. Yeah, he had injuries. His, his father passed away. I believe it was the beginning of last season. So he was battling quite a few things over the last couple of seasons. But I think with where he's at now, uh, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he's won two Stanley Cups. Like he can't really. Yeah. But it's, it's it's look it's looking good for the senators. So I I agree with uh, I'm I'm like having the senators high. So what do you got three TJ? You got for three. So for number three here, I got uh this is another one where it's just kind of like it's all relative, man. I don't know what you're you're looking at. For me, it's kind of I took into long term success as well as like improving from where they were last year. Like if you improve, you know three four spots in the standings potentially and then also add youth where you're missing the playoffs but you're still growing your team forward so yeah the seattle kraken man so i gotta start with just shane Wright. it just it they got him at four him and veneers it's like you look at the center depth now i don't know if shane will play next year but this kind of falls into the category of like if he does play next year it helps them for next year if he doesn't it helps them for long term it just it's just growing that that team they also added uh, Andre Burakovsky. So, like, you had Jared McCann be their top scorer last year. Like, I assume Andre Burakovsky is going to get that that Tage Thompson treatment where it's like, all right, bro, we need you to score, man. You got to put the puck in the net for us. You're going to get all the opportunities. So, uh, yeah. And then they also added uh, Bjorkstrand as well. So, it's just kind of like they're adding a lot of these guys who, you know, 60-ish point guys, but 
remember Vegas had a bunch of 60, 50, 40 point guys when they get given the top line, like Burakovsky, we haven't seen him on the first line, like in his career, have we? Like, I don't know. He might've played for stretches in Colorado, but it's going to be was interesting. He? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it? actually know that either. Was mm-hmm. it? I have no idea. I think he was, I think he was second line with Kadri. I might be wrong though. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I, TJ, I think we're gonna have the exact same teams. I think we just have them in different orders. <laughs> so yeah, and no, then, no uh, arguing from me. And then uh, I wonder yeah, if we're same. gonna have the same one here. This one maybe it's more for like the they got better now, but then they also had a really good draft pick. So uh, I got the Nashville Predators here at uh, at number four. Okay, there we go. So the the Nashville Predators they they added a uh, rider. And they added Ryan McDonough on a, on a, like, you know, they, they, I know it's the scraps of McDonough towards the end of his career, but he's still a solid, like he'll play in their top four. If he's a top six, he's still a good top six player. McDonough is a good good player, bro. Yeah. So you add him with Yossi and that team, like that's, that's a huge upgrade. Need a rider just gives them more scoring. Like that team always just feels like they, they haven't had a score. You know what I mean? Oh, and that need a rider contract is good. It's super affordable, like super. Yeah. I, I don't million? have the exact numbers. Uh, it's four like million? four, four, four point two or four point four. One of those, but for a UFA and for the player, like Needrider is a good player, right? So exactly. I think that's a steal of a contract. That and, was a uh, steal of a contract. And if you watched, if you watched like the Tampa series, like McDonough's still a good top four defenseman right now. Just, yeah. I don't think he's gonna last the four years and be as good as he is. But I love the ad for the Predators. And then also. Uh, just touching on kind of what I said with the senators earlier with them signing uh, Tim is the predators signed Philip Forsberg for an eight year. There's a lot of like huge speculation around like, is he leaving? Like, you know what I mean? Like what's going on there? They locked him down. They didn't let him go. So that's, I I count that as a big addition, like to their off season because they were able to keep their guy in house. Cause had they lost him, you know, you're scrambling at that point. And he's uh, one of the, He's one of those guys I couldn't picture in another uniform. Yeah, no, you know for what real. I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it, it'd be weird seeing it. You know, it wouldn't be yeah. that weird seeing him in a Washington Capitals uniform. That would have been <laughs> oh, fucking super sick. I, I, th- I think we might have seen him in a Washington Capitals Yeah, possibly. Uniform. Maybe, if, maybe. I don't know how, but if we want to, it's coming into my head. If we want to wind back the clock, just take a quick, a quick little footnote here. So that draft, like, yes, it was very bad. But I looked back at this not too recently, and then I noticed something very suspect by the Senators. I believe the Senators drafted, uh, like, Cody Cece at 14. The next pick was uh, Tom Wilson. Oh. No. <laughs> After that was Tavo Teravainen. Oh. After that was Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, and then another good player i can't remember who it was exactly but it was just like uh four straight picks i was like damn i always thought the caps were down bad but at least we still had tom wilson and we didn't draft cody cc wasn't it back-to-back drafts that the senators drafted jared cowan and cody cc yeah i think jared cowan was the year before that Uh, or or was he too he actually might have been i don't know was it back-to-back fun fact and it was definitely close you know who the leafs took in that draft quick quick question what what year was it? Well, I, I was just wondering if you would know the year. It's 2012. Oh, obviously, okay. Probably. Obviously. Yeah. I wanted to but, see um, if you knew the draft off your head, but no. Cody CC, um, Jared Callen, both Toronto Maple Leaf legends. But uh, let, yeah. let's, who do you got five, Teach? Look around. What there do you see? Is. 
I got the Caps number five. You knew it had to go. I knew it was coming. Had to be. Had to be. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this saying called addition by subtraction? (laughs) Well, part of that is Ilya Samsonov is no longer on our team and Vitek Vanacek. I mean, Vitek was solid at points, but last year was a down year. And then the big addition of Darcy Kemper reigning Stanley cup champion in that if he just provides consistency, that's what our team needs. Like we've always been the team that can score. It's just when you score three, four goals and then Elias Samsonov, Vitek led in five, every other game, it's just, it's, it's hard to win like that. We can win in the regular season and squeak into the playoffs at the wild card, but with no consistency, we're not doing anything against Florida who was a totally beatable team. So that's a huge addition. And then, not only do we got that, but we got Dylan Strom and Connor Brown. And I know, I know Backstrom's hurt, like Tom Wilson's hurt to start the year, but like Backstrom's supposed to be back for playoffs. Tom Wilson's supposed to be out for a couple months. Like if Dylan Strom can step in and be serviceable enough in the regular season, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll discuss that later in this episode, but I like that addition. And then Connor Brown, there's talks. It's Koozie, Ovi. Connor Brown top line and be so I good love that like yeah, that's, that's gonna awesome. be disgusting and then you move down Tom to play with Mantha and Dylan Strom so Dylan Strom surrounded by two absolute units of humans so yeah. I like that as well but I I love those additions and really besides that like the subtractions were kind of minimal like Kempney I believe went to Seattle there's a couple other guys but for the most part the team basically stayed the same just minus some injuries so yeah, I mean, give me your takes if you want to chime See, in. I think I think you got them too low, bro. I know you're not trying to be biased here, but I think I think caps are higher. But uh, so we have almost the same list minus one team. Okay. All right. You so, want to get into your first one here? You know, Jeffrey, stand up. It's the I got number one Ottawa Senators. Oh yes. You're oh, bringing yes. you're bringing in Debrincat, man, and that forty one of the best goal scorers in the league um ottawa's top six can go up against anyone's in the league like they have like a top five top six in my opinion agree right Right? the only thing they're kind of short on is defense like their goaltending solid i like the ad with um forgetting his name now what was the goal Talbot? talbot there it is yeah i like the talbot ad and um I think their top six is great. So that's why I think they're just going to be an offensive threat, kind of similar to like what the Leafs were like in their early days. And they, they made the playoffs. Right. So I think offense is the biggest thing in this league right now. So I got Ottawa number one, because I think they will probably do the best from what they were last year. Out of so all the teams. now that we're, now that we're touching on Ottawa again, I just kind of want to get Jeff's thoughts. Like you didn't really touch too much on uh, like the Brinkat and Giroux. Like, what do you think? Like, where do you think those guys are slotting in and what do they like bring to the offense mixed in with the guys you already have? I, I think honestly, they, they should both slide in really nicely. I mean, Giroux has continued to have a, a really good career. I mean, he's, he's been quite consistent and I think, again, like Mitch said, for, for Debrinkat to have a 40-goal score come in, I think it's awesome. I also – I always like to remind my, my dad that he was someone that said Debrinkat was, like, too small to play in the NHL possibly. <laughs> and I said – and I said, yes, that's why Connor McDavid got drafted, went to the NHL, and then he got, like, 127 points by himself. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, but, no um, – yeah, no, I, I think he's an awesome player. I've, I've been a fan of his for quite a long time, especially when he was in Erie. So to, to have him be in our top six, it'll be really nice. I'm, 
I'm not sure where they're going to play Drew yet because, like, they're saying center or wing, maybe. It's still kind of up in the air from what I've heard. Uh, there's no, like, confirmed sort of position that he's going to be playing. And I think they are probably going to do some mixing and matching um, oh, yeah. in terms of the top six as well, sort of see who clicks. And uh, in, ter- in terms of the defense, too, I'd say our, our defense could actually be surprisingly okay uh, just because I think I, I would assume that Sanderson is going to step in and play this year, who I'm very excited about. I, I love his game. He's definitely someone I wasn't like super high on him in his draft year, but the more I got to see him play and especially uh, watching him at University of North Dakota, I mean, the guy just took over. He's been phenomenal, even in the World Juniors, especially uh, in December, the one that got canceled. Uh, unfortunately, he was phenomenal in that tournament. Every time I watched him play, I was like, wow, this guy should be playing in the NHL already. Like, uh, yeah, he, he's a phenomenal player. So I'm, I think him, uh, Jacob Bernard Docker is another guy who could come in. I, I, I think he's now very responsible defensively. Uh, he's played with Binghampton. And, you know, a guy like Lassie Thompson, is he going to make the bottom pairing? You know, maybe. I'm not sure. There, there's, there's still a few question marks in that area, but I mean, all in all, yeah, I think offensively uh, we're about as set as anybody could be. And, you know, I'm hoping our defense holds up and Cam Talbot continues to be all-star Cam Talbot. That's what I was going to ask you, actually. Do you think the Ottawa Ottawa's going to try to go young on their decor this year and give the guys a chance? Traditionally, that has not been the case uh, the last couple of seasons, but I, I think there was just some development that needed to be had. And I, I didn't really disagree with that. I don't think it's ever a, a bad thing when you send a guy to the AHL, no. uh, especially defensemen, uh, you know, goalies are a whole other story, but especially, yeah, defensemen, uh, you just want them to become more responsible and sort of understand the, the physicality. Cause really, and, and truly when I started scouting, I, I truly noticed watching between, um, you know, like 16 year old AAA players versus like OHL junior A level players versus, you know, uh, American League, East Coast, NHL, there is really a big difference in physicality and speed. And so I think for defensemen to adapt, it takes a little bit longer. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. this year, those guys are going to get the opportunity uh, that I think that they deserve against Sanderson, Bernard Docker. And, you know, hopefully they, they, they can stick with the team this year. But, you know, again, there's I just need them to be consistent. That, that's all. That's all we need. You know, we need we need goals. We need consistency. And again, all-star Cam Talbot, baby. I think, high praise, um, high praise for the Senators from, uh, from I, I'm, the UA. I'm with it. I oh, love yeah. the Senators. They're going to be like one of the most exciting teams to watch this year. So that, that's why I have them at one, right? I think they give their young guys a taste. I think Cam Talbot is going to be um, good 1A. Forsberg had a great season last year when the Senators weren't even that good. I think they'll outscore a lot of the problems. So I have them at one. Yeah, I like right. it. Yeah, so I was two. also just going to add, I was just going to add um, that I, I, yeah, I'm not necessarily sure about the playoffs thing. I still think because the Atlantic is so tough, um, I, I, I'm not going to put a stamp that like we're in the playoffs, but that's just my my personal take with that. Some some Sens fans have other things to say about that, but you know, I'm a little bit more humble. Yeah, I've seen Sens fans go on saying they're going to finish higher than the Leafs. I don't think that's oh happening. Oh, my God. Yeah, see, but, um, I'm not, I'm not I on I believe our, uh, our Eastern Conference rankings had them yeah. fifth just out of the fifth, playoffs. Just out of the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I have them first. So, TJ, we actually have the exact same top two. I got Detroit second. Um, their big second-line center ad with Cop. Really good wing signings, Kubelik Perron. So, it's all the same reasons you had. I think they're going to be a better team. I still have them outside the playoffs. I actually have them below the Senators in my ranking, so that's why mm-hmm. I put them below. 
and I think just the Senators, the future's brighter with their additions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Detroit, um, Detroit two. Yeah, Detroit not too much to talk on there. I mean, we kind of already touched. We already on went it, over. But, it. Uh, uh, I'm interested to see if number three kind of switches it up or what's going your number on. Number three is your Washington Capitals, my friend. That's what I'm saying. I think Ooh. you have them too low, man. Really? I think Brown and Strom they work really well together. I think they work well on the team. I think they're probably going to use the LTIR to their advantage come playoff time. So you're going to have possibly Strom on the left wing and push someone down or have Strom on the third line center. I think he'll play with Tom Wilson, which would be really good. Kind of. I think he was kind of the secondary assist man in Chicago when he had different mm-hmm. cat and, and Kane. Right. So I think uh, uh, Washington, the second line is a good place to show what he can do in the NHL. And I love the goalie. Yeah. They have a stable number one now. Don't really got to worry about the inconsistency as much. So I think Washington and they almost beat Florida with that team. Right. And subpar like, okay, goaltending, but I think Kemper, if he's healthy, I think, I think they go uh, farther in the playoffs this year. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, maybe I was just trying to not be too biased, but I, I completely agree. Like, I think the ads just improve our forward depth so much. Also, like, it's not this offseason, but Marcus Johansson, I mean, he did resign. So that's that's kind of a piece as well, which just adds more depth. I feel like our forward depth is super deep and we have prospects defense is we have guys who can play maybe a top six guy could be added to help us out at the deadline or something but got the goalie like we'll see about uh we'll see about the backup like I don't know if it's going to be a battle between uh between Fucale and Carter Hutton I think it was was the other guy that we signed but yeah or maybe it was Charlie Lindgren I can't remember it was Lindgren yeah Lindgren. Was oh, yeah see, that's that's the biggest question I think with the uh, because obviously Kemper can't play every game. You don't want him to play too much and get injured for the playoffs. So the backup's kind of questionable. Yeah. Not too sure about it, but, but I, yeah. th- I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be top three in the uh, mm-hmm. division. So uh, number four, still on track here with you. I got the Kraken. Hey, I'm I'm counting nice. Shane Wright. I'm I'm counting Shane Wright as part of their offseason, man. I can't believe Definitely. they got him at four. Yeah, it's it's a huge part dumb. of their offseason. And that I wanted also dumb. I wanted to ask you uh, this, Jeff. What do you think the chances of him playing first year are? Well, so what I've heard is is that there there's definitely a chance. Like he's gonna get the chance. Uh, there's definitely, I think preseason, no doubt, and then they'll kind of go from there. I'm, I, I think it really depends what kind of role they want him to play too. Cause I, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure if they want to just throw him like in the top six kind of, and say, you know, we're not going to be that good, but this is going to gain you that experience. And then, you know, sort of, sort of push him to maybe do a little bit more than he could. I'm, I'm not sure if there's going to be that pressure because they don't have the sort of all-star lineup or, or especially they don't really have a lot of center depth. So I think it, it's kind of it's in the air still, but I, personally, I think he could he could make the team, but he'll he'll most likely be back with Kingston. I would assume. I, I'd have to imagine they start out with kind of like what the Leaf strategy was in there in the Matthews rookie years, where they have the Cadre line first, right? They can like Yanni Gord can go up against the better senators or uh, centers, and then you yep. give uh, Beniers and um, Shane Wright like the offensive zone starts give them some decent line mates, give them like every opportunity they can offensively and just see what they can do. I think he at least gets the nine games if he doesn't, if he does good in preseason. So I, Kraken's another one of the fun teams. They stole Bjorkstrand from the Blue Jackets. 
absolutely yeah. feast oh, yeah. them. He's going to be a good winger. He can score. Pretty sure he led the Blue Jackets goals last year. Yeah, I think so. Right? And then, like TJ said, with Burakovsky, Stanley Cup experience, I think it'll help the locker room a lot. I think they will be better. Obviously, they don't have them in the playoffs, but I think they will be fun to watch. Mm, that's kind of how I felt, too. Yeah. And you can't deny that they just got the best defenseman in the league, Michael Kempney. <laughs> so Stanley Cup champion Michael Stanley Kempney. Cup, Stanley Cup champion Michael Caps Kempney. legend. Keep him healthy. Keep him healthy and just watch him go. Watch him go. He's going to shut you down. So TJ five is where we uh, switched up and we actually have a different team. You had the Predators in that they were my honorable mention that I was talking to you about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't tell you the team, but for five, I got the ducks, my friend. Hey, oh. my closet, my, my closet, closet NHL team, the ducks. Let me hear it. <laughs> they, they didn't add closet, too much. Closet. They didn't add too much, but I think the value they added was really good to put them at five with the pieces they already have, like with Strom. Added adds that offense, right? Not so much defense, but it just gives them more offensive threats, right? And then Vetrano was really good in the playoffs, right? So it's either they make it and he helps them out a lot in the playoffs, good depth piece, or not, and they flip him to a contender, right? So makes sense. Like, but the big one is Klingberg, right? So it's kind of like a tryout deal. So it's either same kind of thing. Either he helps them get into the playoff and then they can go on a good run with how skilled they are. Or if they fall down, that's great assets to trade for the trade deadline. They eat, they, they eat half the contract, send them to a contending team for like 3.5 or 3.75 or whatever it is. And boom, you could get and a they first, just get, a second. Just get so many picks. And, and Jeff was, Jeff will get into it later, but he was telling us a uh, pre podcast that this draft is it's loaded up. So Jeff, Jeff will touch on that, but like you said, man, like those signings just, they kind of just make sense in terms of you can flip these guys, or if you do make a playoff push, then, Hey, you got a young roster. You got Mason Tavish, you got Zegers, like let these guys get some playoff experience and let's see where you can go. You only got so long with John Gibson. So we'll kind of just see, see where they go, but I, I don't hate the pick. I, I, I like the pick see, of them five. I, I didn't put them five. I put them five at different reasons, right? Cause it wasn't cause, Oh, I think they're this much better. I think it's the value added where if they probably won't make the playoffs again, maybe they will. But if they don't, they get that much more in picks and stuff for literally nothing. It was a one-year deal. Get, you can get a first out of it, right? So I think yours it's kind good of value uh, added. Yours kind of, yeah, it has comp- compounding value added on later exactly. on, potentially. Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah, those are the, those are the rankings. But I think we should – we missed, obviously, because we started the podcast in September, so we missed a lot of the signings. So I think we should actually get to. Do you want to do the uh, RFAs first? Yeah, we can get to some of these uh, some of these RFAs that signed. So oh yeah, uh, I'll start. This where us Jeff's going to come in. Yeah, I'll start us off with uh, Tage Thompson, and uh, here we have some of the, uh, the player cards with the advanced analytics. So Jeff, uh, Jeff, kind of is our let's say our our group group lead on teaching us the advanced analytics we know like the base knowledge but you know questions that we have we're going to kind of help everybody learn along with us so uh yeah we're going to start with the Tage thompson contract so he signed for eight years at 7.1 million so what do you guys think of that deal risky right yeah i i I would i would say risky as well um yeah in in terms of like again just looking at his player card right here uh his his Wind bulb replacement, 85% is, is really good. Um, but I don't think he's been at that level uh, while he's been with the Sabres. So I think, I don't know, kind of 
I agree with Mitch. Is is he's a good player, but is he a seven million dollar player? Like in in you know three, four, five years, is he going to be producing at the same rate? I'm not sure. He he is a really good finisher. Like he can score, and he's he's a decent playmaker as well. But I don't know. Is there a is there a star player? Like I I don't know. Would you compare him to like a William Nylander in terms of of, of money? Is like you know who would you rather yeah. pay? I'm I'm I would personally rather pay Willie Nylander. You know, my my biggest concern is that is he just a product of the Buffalo Sabers terrible season? He got a bunch of offensive starts. Someone needs to score, right? Yeah. Like you look at his efficient defense, and it is in the gutter. So like it's kind of a smart move by him, and somewhat um, get the bag now because I could see him going down. I could also see him going up. So like. It's not the worst contract ever. I would just be a little risky. It's, yeah, like it's, it's a little risky for me. It's a gamble, a gamble kind of of a contract because yes, he did have the production this year, but are you planning on keeping Tage Thompson on your top line, like giving him all these opportunities for the rest of his career to make him worth a $7 million player? Or is he going to, in three, four years, kind of have a little decline and then now he's a second, third line because his play style is almost more like a like a goal scoring physical third liner, but he obviously put up the production to get paid. So, I mean, I, you can't deny it, but it just seems like Mitchell said a, a super risky deal overall. And we'll see this kind of trend throughout the off season that RFAs are, are getting paid after they show it like for a season or show it for, you know, a season and a half, then they're getting paid early versus, which is kind of a more of a basketball football type of a trend where they're getting paid these big deals early it used to be in hockey you kind of had to have these prove it deals unless you were like that guy you know what i mean yeah so. yeah yeah so it's, it's 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 interesting we'll have to see how the uh sabers season goes like it takes him till he's 32 is the only thing like he's 24 now right so yeah <clears throat> touching on a couple of the other uh bigger deals so we're, we're just gonna stick with a, a pair of senators here so i'll give you one at a time but i'm gonna go with a gonna go with tim so we got tim's card up here he uh he got he signed 8.4 for nine seasons so what are you guys thoughts gonna be one of the best contracts in the league in a couple of years is my opinion like i think he i loved him with this boatload of cash he doesn't even need to go to diving lessons anymore he can buy the whole trainer right there <laughs> like <laughs> shambles but i i love his game um, I think he's a super talented player. Like his numbers on his card don't look the best, but I think that's also a product of the Senators not being very good the past couple seasons. And he did he he stepped in when was it was he eighteen or nineteen, Jeff? I believe he was eighteen. Okay, but like he came in young, right? And he has looked good from the start. Like every single Leafs game, he's like the guy I look at, and I'm like, wow, this guy's good, right? You see it on the ice for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. I used like I think I honestly think it's a little not smart by him i think if he waited if he signed a little bridge deal he could have got paid but sometimes that's not like completely what they want they kind of just want the financial security right but I, it's an amazing deal for the senators yeah, yeah i mean the, the first thing he said too when they asked him is they're like oh like what is what is having this you know kind of money mean to you and he's like well it just means my parents don't have to work anymore so i think from that perspective yeah it's just like he my man just wanted to get paid you know, and, and like, I, I respect that. I remember telling TJ, like, you know, three, four years ago, um, I was just doing my online 
watching and prospecting and I saw this German kid who was getting all this hype and I was like who who is this kid and he was like 16 17 playing in the DEL which is the the German pro league and he was playing with uh, Mannheim who was again like their best team he was like completely quarterbacking the power play uh, he, he was generating offense out of chances that just were seemingly null before he ended up touching the puck like he he's someone that can really create you know something out of nothing I think yeah uh, he has been a product of you know he's, he's been on a really poop team I have to admit we have not been good you know but I, I think yeah long term I I'm not sure if it'll be maybe one of the best contracts in the league we will will be yet to tell that I mean I hope I certainly hope so but yeah I've, I've loved him for a really long time too like the fact that we even drafted him and got him in the first place was I think something that a lot of you know centers fans are really happy with and yeah uh, eventually I could see him being a, a total all-star just somebody that you know kind of everyone can rally around I think he'll, he'll probably have an A on his jersey at some point in his career too and uh, yeah he's, he's just a really likable guy I, I just think the, the intangibles as well, really, I, I, I like the, I like the contract. I like the player and I think he's going to be a part of our team for a long time. So we had uh, mentioned it on the, the previous episode, how like Tim, like when he was coming into the draft, like our whole group was like rallied around Tim. Like he was like the prospect that we really liked. And it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not writing off no players careers. Like guys have comebacks all the time, but yeah. What if LA takes Tim and Ottawa has Quentin Byfield? Like not what good. a different landscape, like of the NHL, it could be, you never know. Right. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is an interesting off season though, guys. Like you think about it, I think, cause everybody's signing like the eight year extensions right now. It's really weird. I think they're probably going to regret it. Honestly, I think this might be the summer of like, contracts you look in a couple of years you go wow they are underpaid right which way though which way are they going to regret it like you're saying team or player no the player is going to regret it because mm. the, oh. the cap the cap is going up significantly in 2025 i think yeah that i think it's 25 like say like even a prediction for like matthews next summer or the summer after if he signs with the leafs or if he signs with another team right he i think he's going three four years two years maybe like i think yeah. matthews is going to just be really smart with his money. Maybe, maybe he goes the eight year max or something, but I, I think yeah. he's just smart and he's just going to wait for the salary cap. So do you up. think that's uh do you think that's why we're seeing this trend of these RFA signing these like eight year deals right away? Because the teams are like, this might just be hugely beneficial for us. Now the cap's going to go up so much in five years. Let's lock these guys down. Kind of like, I mean, you know, they're they're giving these guys nine million, eight million, so they're not screwing them over. No. But like, you know what I'm saying? In a little bit of a way, I they're think, taking some money out of their pockets to help the team in the end, which maybe I, guys are okay with. But yeah, I think they're over. Like, I think the way the teams are looking at it is let's overpay them a little bit now, and then save ourselves when they ask us for ten to eleven million in the future, right? And because then 2025 it, isn't that far. No, and the kids are just looking at it like, oh my god, eight point four million. Like they're like, yeah, let's do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I love the contract. I think it's going to be really good. Mm. I think everybody's happy too. I think everybody's happy too. Cause I was going to say, I think the, the agents and the players are getting paid. So I don't think, I don't think that they're too upset with, with all this money being thrown out either at the moment. Apparently it's actually been like Mitch was just saying, I've heard that it's been a bit of a surprise 
too. Some guys have been like, apparently, I don't think Tim was expecting to be offered even a deal like that. Uh, I know Josh Norris was maybe a little bit different, but um, in terms of the sense, I know Tim Stutzel was not expecting a deal like that. I think right away, I think he was expecting them to offer him a bridge as well. When when they offered him that, he just couldn't turn it away. So for sure. Speaking so, of Josh Norris, though, yeah, let's there you go. Perfect transition. So eight years, eight million. Ottawa's got the major bag alert on on lock this off season. So what are your uh, what are your kind of thoughts? I'll hand it to Mitch. Let me know I'll, what you think of this yeah. deal. I'll start it off because honestly, did he play full season, Jeff? I don't know how many games he played because he was injured I, at some point. Cause I don't think I saw him very much. So I don't, I'm going to kind of leave this to you. I don't know if you've watched him very much, TJ. I've seen his stats and I've seen a little bit of highlights. Like he looks like a good player, but I actually haven't like seen him enough to really make a full comment on it. Oh no, he was injured last year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I would in the leaf games they played, I don't think he was playing. So I'm oh, going to, I'm going to, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to leave this analysis to Jeffrey, I think. I don't know if you have any takes, TJ. Well, I can just quickly, quickly say that uh, he obviously had an amazing year last year, but it just, it also just kind of falls into the bag of like his production last year warrants him getting 8 million, but does it warrant eight years like down the road? Is he going to continue that being that $8 million player? That's what the Sens are obviously banking on, that he is an $8 million player down the road and that he'll become an even more valued player, that they're getting a steal of a contract. But you look at his charts here, I mean, 94 win above replacement seems ridiculous. Like maybe Jeff can touch on a bit more of these stats and just give his thoughts on the deal. But I, I, it's just kind of, yeah, it's like I have to wrap my brain around this offseason where guys are getting paid like, instantly after their one breakout season you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. not a gamble no Sorry, no it you. definitely is i would i would say actually yeah you could say that this one is maybe even because of the the player card is obviously it looks a little bit better than tim's does obviously but it definitely could be a little bit more of a gamble uh just again like you said tj the sort of the term on the contract uh, in terms of how I, I feel about it personally, I, I really like Josh Norris. Uh, again, he's a good guy. I actually met him at the 2019 NHL draft. I met him That's and Brady. Awesome. Uh, it was really cool. Actually, I, I saw Brady and I went to go take a picture with him. And then Josh Norris was like standing there and I didn't even notice him because he had his back to us. And then Brady's like, oh, you want to get this guy in the picture too. And he like grabbed Josh Norris. So That's um, sick. Yeah. Now that guy's there, a $64 million man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, well, I knew who he was at the time. Right. But I feel like a lot of other people didn't, but I was like, hell yeah. I didn't know Josh Norris was, yeah, his back was to us, but, um, but anyways, no. Yeah. Uh, in terms of how he is as a hockey player, uh, I, I thought he was great in college too. I, I was really happy that, that we were able to get him shout out to the San Jose sharks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think in terms of, again, like you look at his finishing 97%, the guy can score goals. He, he's a sniper. Again, he's another guy. He can just sort of create offense out of nothing. I think having like him and Tim and, and Claude and Alex kind of play together uh, is, is really dangerous. And I, I think he, again, is, is, is like, is he going to perform this way for his entire career? I'm not sure. I can't personally touch on it. Obviously, nobody can look into the future, but 
I mean, in terms of what he's done so far, I do think it sort of warrants that. And it's sort of also bets that he's going to continue to put up those sort of numbers. But I, you know, maybe I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, I think he could be a 30 goal scorer, you know, for the rest of his career. If he stays healthy, if, if things go okay, uh, maybe that'll like bite me. In the Another one of the most wild things on his card. Sorry to cut you off, Mitch, but the 98% competition. That's exactly what I was right? going into. Is absolutely, it's absolutely mod. And maybe that kind of explains a bit more of the, like his EV offense being 37%. Like, I don't know if you, you can touch on maybe why that would be so low. Is it just, he's, he was scoring so much on the power play last year. Is that just kind of what it was? Yeah. He seems to really be the guy that, that we kind of gave the go-to to be like, all right, you know, yeah. If we need a goal, he was kind of the guy. Um, and obviously maybe that's going to change. Obviously you have a couple, couple new additions, but that can score a lot of goals as well. Um, but yeah, no, he, he, he was pretty much just a, a sniper for us last year. That was kind of how we used him, especially on the power play. He was, he was number one power play. And I think, again, I, I hope he continues to get that chance, even, even with the additions, because I think that he, he can continue to provide and, and he'll continue to score. Yeah. And, and again, about his competition. Yeah. He, he, he's a hard nosed player. He, he's not like the biggest guy, but certainly he, he's not an easy player to play against. And, and I don't think his defensive stats necessarily do his his defense justice um and i'm not saying he's like patrice bergeron but i, I think well, he's, it's definitely he's because of the the level of competition the line matching that they're doing with him like his defense is going down because he's going up against the the 98th percentile of players you know what i mean yeah and, that, and that's what i'm saying is i i think i think for him if, if he continues to get those those chances i think he, he'll, he'll continue to thrive because he'll be playing with players that are as skilled as him and again adding adding the two guys that we did, I said a million times and, but adding them to, to the sort of mix that we have, I think is, it's kind of exactly what I wanted to see as a fan. And, and I think, yeah, for, for him, I'm, I'm happy he got paid. And I think, I think he'll be a good player. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what he's going to do for us. And let's hope that he continues to produce at that level. Yeah, don't I don't worry know, Mitch, if you had. Uh, uh, so Jeff, I just, I want to end it with this part with this. Uh, let's add some fuel to the fire here. Are you taking Josh Norris or Nick Suzuki? Oh, that's tough. I mean, Nick Suzuki is definitely a better all-around player. Um, I think Josh Norris's offensive, offensive game. I was going to say, is his offensive game, at least to me, and maybe it's not because of this, but maybe it is because of this. Um, he played in college too, so I think he, he had an, you know, he got to play against men. So I think him, him sort of having that ability to translate his offensive game a little bit easier than, than Nick, I think sort of made sense to me, but again, down, down the road, I, I have no idea. I, I, I kind of really like both players too. Like I, I, I live in Owen Sound sometime part-time. My, my family's a cottage there. So I, I love Nick Suzuki. Um, he's like a legend. Uh, yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you. I could not pick between the two. Maybe Josh, needed, just because he's a. I, wa- I wanted a clip there, Jackie. You needed to come on to be like, "Oh, Nick Suzuki or sucks." Josh Norris smokes him. But sorry, we we, we no. can get more clips another time. Honor but, uh, yeah. better than both. There's oh the, there's God. the TikTok clip, guys. There's yeah, the there clip. it is. That that's it right there. <laughs> All right, so. so uh, I'm just going to say we should probably uh, move on to the next one that we have here is Robert Thomas. Let's just group them together. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, both identical con- uh, contracts. What was it? Was it eight times eight as well? 
I think time. eight times nine for one and maybe eight times eight for the other, but same deal. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what do you what are we thinking here? I mean, I think they're both really good players. They're integral parts of the team. So you had to lock them up. And it just kind of goes along with the trend from before. Like it seems like I believe these guys both signed kind of semi after the other deals have been signed here. So I think it was just kind of the market was set. It kind of set them up to, they had similar ish stats, like 60, 70 ish points, both like really good players, but you know, getting paid early and maybe, maybe Cairo and uh, Robert Thomas might have proved it a little bit more with playoff success and stuff like that versus some of the other guys we talked about before, but yeah, the RFA is getting paid early and it's just kind of the way it is now, at least for the time being. Yeah. So identical contracts, 8.125 for eight years for both of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, it's kind of the same explanation for every team to me where it's just, they had great years offensively. You're taking the gamble. They're pretty young. I personally don't see anything wrong with it. Right. What are your thoughts on the players, Jeff? Yeah, same thing. I I, I would I wouldn't have too much to add. Just I, I think they're both, yeah, like TJ said, they're both kind of integral parts of that that blues team. And yeah, I, I, I like Robert Thomas. He he plays a really solid game and I think he's he's someone that most teams would have wanted to lock up. Uh, yeah. Especially with the kind yeah. of experience that he has. So Get him locked up just because he has that playoff experience. You don't want that guy to get an offer sheet. You don't want Kyra to get an offer sheet. Those guys are integral parts of your team, much like the other guys on this list as well. But so now I guess uh, we kind of just touched on the RFAs, and I know we only hit a few, but those are all the the big time kind of long term deals that got signed. There might be a few more, but you kind of get the the gist of just the the free agency RFA landscape has changed. Like these guys are getting paid trying to save a little money before this cap goes up, et cetera. So it's kind of interesting to see, but if we look at some big time free agent signings that we got here this year, I think, I guess I'll start off with the one, like we can kind of touch on the whole story, the whole mystery that was going on of uh, Johnny hockey, Johnny Goudreau. So what do you think about that whole uh, saga, Jeff? I'll let, I'll let you lead it off, Jeff. What do you think about that saga that went on? Well, I, I mean, from what I heard, it seemed like he, I think he just wanted to go back to the U S mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't actually think that he like disliked Calgary or that there was from what I've heard, there was no beef. Like there was no real bad blood. He wasn't like necessarily planning to leave. I don't think, but once the opportunity kind of came up, I think he just was like, you know what, sort of a, it's a new, it's a change of scenery. It's, it, you know, if you think about it, to me, it, it made sense because people are like, oh, well, why would he do that? But a lot of people who, who are fortunate enough to like have a, a really cushy, you know, office job or something is like, you know, you're going to, no matter what job you have, actually, you're going to switch jobs sometimes, no matter, you know, you're maybe not switching professions, but it's, it's pretty common that most people don't work at a place for like 40 years anymore. Uh, a lot of people will work at, at different places. And so I think it's kind of the same thing. He's like, you know what, I just want to experience something new and maybe, Maybe he doesn't like Alberta. I'm not sure. You know, I don't know, but uh, no, but you're right. It's it's who, definitely who a good analogy like of just like <laughs> career movement is kind of like that's the vibe now. Like career movement, career flexibility. Like guys like to have control, and he just maybe he just wanted to make the decision himself, right? Like didn't want to be pigeonholed to just stay in the same place. Like hey, 
each guy has their own reason. I don't know what happened this offseason, but this signing feels like it was two years ago. My mind is just <laughs> – It is something. weird, I'm, yeah. I'm so far moved on from Johnny I, I have nothing to add here. It's just kind of <laughs> like – it was just so crazy that, like, for me, I just – I'll touch on it, like, that the Flyers just, like – Oh no, we're good, man. Like we just don't got enough money. Like it's just it's kind of it's kind of tough for us. Like it's just like wow, you could have had the biggest fish of free agency, but you just don't even have anything in order we, to do so. Can we just have a moment of silence for Flyers fans having to put up with this? Like, oh, yeah. on God for real, for real. <laughs> Chuck Fletcher, Sorry, guys. what are you doing, man? So um, now that we're now that we're here, I'll just kind of I want to throw this to you, Mitch, quickly. So yeah. we kind of just mentioned Johnny Goudreau. So I'm just gonna throw this, just ramble on for a minute or two. Just give us all your thoughts. Calgary, you got Kadri, you got the trade with Huberdo and Kachuk. Just kind of ramble on about all that, and and then we'll get Jeff's thoughts as well, and then we can kind of. We can kind of transition and move on from there, but what a what a roller coaster of emotions for Calgary fans this year, man! You go from losing in the uh, second round to the Oilers, that's just Which heartbreak. Just Your bitter rivals, tough. right? You hurt, and then you're going into the draft and stuff. You're worrying, oh my God, what are our players going to do? Johnny walks last minute because he was he was torn up, like he he didn't know what he wanted to do, but he decided to leave last minute. They lose him. Days or a week later, Matt Kachuk requests a trade. But um, Tree Living, I think he pulled a master class. By getting that trade done with Florida and getting the assets he was able to get back for Matthew Kachuk, a player who asked to be traded and only gave like a list of four teams. Tidy, tidy work. I think with Huberto, Uyghur, Kadri. I think they added another depth piece. Oh, they just, I think no, that was Colorado. They just got somebody else. But I think I honestly think for next year, next year only, they're a better team. I don't know if you guys disagree with me. I think their depth is better. I think Kadri at the second line center gives them the depth they need because they were kind of a one line team last year, right? But I think they have a better chance of uh, making it farther in the playoffs next year. I love the work that uh, True Living did. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think he could have really done anything else. You're, you're right. I mean, he sort of did his absolute best. I don't know. I kind of did his did the most, you know, he, he sort mm-hmm. of was was dealt the cards that he was dealt. So he was sort of like, all right, screw it. Let's let's do something with this. And he certainly I think he did improve the team, too. Like, I don't think a lot of people have said that, but that's actually a really good point. It's like when you look at it, especially their depth, I mean, I think they're better equipped to play like this team playing Edmonton. I think that's a better series this year. Right. Do you, I don't know if you guys would agree. I, but agree. I, I, I think that that, yeah, I think that that's certainly like a, a it, it's certainly a very interesting few weeks that they had there a month that they had there, but in the end, they kind of were like, well, we got to do what we got to do. And they, they've improved the team somehow. So I mean, again, we'll, we'll see on the ice, but I, I think this team is, is better equipped for the playoffs. I think this team could probably have more wins. And I, I think it could be for a couple of years. I don't, I don't even necessarily think just this season, maybe the next couple of years too. Two like, to three, yeah. I mean, Huberto, if you look at his numbers too, he's a guy, uh, most players who project the way that Huberto is projected, uh, they, they end up continuing to produce well into their 30s. So I, I actually, I think that he's going to be fine at least for another few seasons. Uyghur's very underrated. 
Kadri, great player, Stanley Cup champion. Shout out to Nas. Um, yeah, so Leafs legend. Think- Leafs, Leafs legend. legend, yeah. But um, and I'm I'm probably the only Sens fan that doesn't hate the Leafs, and I'll I'll make that well, statement right now. We're, we're together, my friend. But oh, my yeah. thing with Huberto, like I'm kind of I'm with Jeff on this, where he projects well because he's probably the best playmaker in the NHL right now, and that's like yeah, one certainly. of the last things players lose as they age, right? He will always be that guy to dish the puck, right? He might lose a little bit of speed, put him on the power play. He's gonna be dishing his probably. Like that's why Joe Thornton made it till he was 40, right? Just an amazing passer, right? Oh, yeah. So I think I think oh, he projects yeah. well. And can you guys name me five teams with better defense uh decor than the Flames? I don't know if you can. I mean, yeah, honestly, don't know. You'd you'd have to be making some some bold arguments. So yeah, yeah no, that's I'd a good put them top five, man. Like I, I'm really happy with the Flames. Weger is a great ad. Hubert O is good. I think Elias Lindholm was one of the most underrated players in the league. Oh yeah, I love him. Great player. I'm 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 excited to watch the Flames this year. So oh, I yeah. feel like that kind of just kind of knocked out some of the big big RFA free agent trade kind of moves. So do we want to get into looking at maybe next off seasons? Way way too early next off season scouting report. In what way? What do you mean? I mean, I want to hear what uh what my buddy Jeff, our scouting aficionado. What he has, Ooh, okay. what he thinks about some prospects to, for next yeah. year. Now that we're, you know, the theme is the off season. We're still in this preseason blues period. We're trying to, we're trying to look ahead now. Way, way too early scouting report. Let me see right. uh, what we're thinking of these prospects before they go into their draft eligible year. Just pulling up some notes here that I got. Um, scouting auto. Yes. Definitely an exciting draft, though. Oh, dude. I, I think, uh, I think this draft could potentially be. I said it to T. Actually, I said it to both of you earlier. The draft could potentially be one of the best drafts of the 2020s, um, like of the decade. And that's, I mean, that's very premature to say. But in terms of the the top end talent, uh, you you really can't go wrong with with any of the players that are going to be available. Um, and and so specifically, like what I have is, I mean, again, everybody sort of has a pretty consensus top three. And uh, I, I did my top three based on, I think, the three best players in the draft, not who I think is going to get drafted first or who will go where. But my, my top three, I have Bedard, Michkov, and Fantilli. I think Michkov is, is certainly not going to get drafted over someone like Adam Fantilli just because of the uh, Russia the, the Russia situation well, and, which i'll touch and on be injury bit. right now he's dealing well, with that and also right his injury yeah he got absolutely destroyed in a KHL game yeah he pra- slide. so yeah he's he no he, and that's the thing is uh, who knows now really with, with that and so that's why i just kind of did my three best players if you're just looking at, at TJ, raw players tj all of a sudden wants samson off back for this season yeah <laughs> right <laughs> So you can lose more games, bro. No, bro. He's gonna slide to us, just like you said. He's gonna slide. Uh, I don't. He's not gonna slide. He's not sliding that far. But thirty-two Stanley Cup champs. Those are your three. Do you have any uh, depth prospects people should look out for that you've seen or just that you're interested in right now? Yeah. So I I have um, four OHL notables that I I wrote about. Just four guys that I was actually able to watch uh, either in the draft year or in their bantam years or also in the OHL. Most of them I've I've seen a little bit of of all three leagues. Um, 
Yeah, there, there, there's actually some really good talent in the OHL this year. And uh, especially I'll start with number one is Cameron Allen. Um, he's 5'11", 190 pounds. He's right defenseman. He was taken third overall in the OHL draft. Uh, he's absolutely amazing in both ends. Uh, he's a fantastic skater. Um, he's really strong and physical. He's a very feisty player. But at the same time, I mean, the guy puts up points. Uh, I mean, the, simply, he, he's just one of the best defensemen in the draft, if not the best defenseman in the draft coming in. I remember watching him at 14 in AAA and just being like, wow, this kid is, is going to be in the NHL one day. Like, oh, you could just something. tell yeah, like, you know, there, there's some of those guys that you just watch and you're like, wow, there's the maturity, the poise, uh, the instincts of, of, of the way that he plays. He was just someone that I was really enamored with, even when he was 14. And, and by the time it was his draft year, I was like, yeah, this kid will be this, this kid will be very special. So, sorry, what uh, team is he on uh, this year? Uh, he plays with the Guelph Storm and he, he was oh. just at the uh, Holinka Gretzky tournament with Canada, too. He was the captain. Uh, so. Uh, the one thing I will say about him, and, and if, if he ever listens to this, my man, you're a wonderful player. No knock on you personally. I have heard that there's maybe some discipline issues there, although he was chosen as a captain for Team Canada. So I, I'm not sure if Hockey Canada... Well, yeah, what's you know, Hockey Canada's they, leadership they make some right questionable, now? Yeah, they, they make some questionable decisions sometimes, but I, I would like to think that you know, whether it was the coaching staff or management within the Holinka Gretzky team or, or camp were like, you know, this, this is the guy that is going to go out on the ice and set an example every day for, for all these players. And I think, you know, that, that says something. So uh, he, he definitely, he, he's not afraid to get into fights either. Like he's just, uh, he, he's such an all around player that I think any team that drafts him will be really lucky and they're going to be really happy with him. And uh, hopefully he just, he continues to do what he's doing because he, he's a phenomenal player. Um, where do you I'm project definitely glad that you uh I'm definitely glad that you brought him up though because I feel like I've heard about the the offensive talent in this draft but like the defense has kind of been like slept on so I'm glad you're like bringing up a little bit of defensive talent here yeah I should say that it, it is definitely forward heavy too like uh, you know a lot of really good drafts end up being forward heavy well I guess that's not necessarily true you have drafts where you have multiple really high-end defensemen drafted in a row but uh this, this draft is definitely offensive heavy um, and that, that would lead me to my, my second, my second pick, the guy, and oh, also, sorry, Mitch, uh, you, you asked where I think Alan will where go. Project him go. Yeah. So definitely within the top 10, most people have him ranked oh. at about seven or eight. Jeez, okay. uh, and that just shows you he's the number one ranked defenseman unanimous in this draft at this point. And he's going seven or eight and he's going seven or eight. I think he could maybe sneak into the top five if a team, that finishes at five is like, look, we love him. He's going to be awesome with the fans. You know, he could be an assistant captain, maybe a captain one day, you know, he's going to get us a ton of points, but he can also play on the penalty kill. Like the guy just does everything at a high level. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I think probably, probably in that like five to seven range, I could see him going. Um, but yeah, it really just depends on, on where teams have him at personally. That um, makes sense. And number two, uh, I would I would go with Callum Ritchie. Uh, so I, I saw him play with the Oakville Rangers in his draft year. He's a, he's another really good player. He's he's really big. He's 6'2", 187. He's a right shot centerman. He was number two in that same uh, OHL draft. Uh, yeah, he he's a phenomenal player. He played with the Oshawa Generals last year. He's got he's a big player. He's got tons of skill. He's a very fluid skater. Uh, he creates a ton of space for himself and his teammates. He, he's just He's got all, all the tools that you kind of want to have 
um, for, for a guy to be drafting or to be drafting a guy um, for your team. So he he's someone that, sorry. Is he related to Nick Ritchie? I, I actually am not sure. I don't believe so, okay, but may, maybe. Say, the, what, don't, what be, don't be. Yeah. Let's, let's hope he doesn't have any of those jeans in him, but <laughs> <laughs> um. And then, yeah, so number three, I have Colby Barlow, my, my man, my, the, the man, the myth, the legend. Colby Barlow, 6'1", 187, left winger, left shot. Uh, he was taken number eight in the OHL draft by the Owen Sound Attack. Uh, why did he drop so far in the OHL draft, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you, it was because COVID happened and because they didn't get to play. So for whatever reason... He was like, him and Cam Allen were probably the number one and two ranked like U14 prospects coming out of Bantam, AAA. And then the COVID year happened. And I don't know, he just sort of fell off people's radar. Some teams in Eastern Ontario got to play. So I think that maybe pushed him down the line a little bit because they're like, at least we got to see these guys play. So we're going to take the chance on him. Owen Sound drafts him at eight, gets their first 30 goal score as a rookie. He's the highest goal scoring rookie in Owen Sound history. Jeez. He's probably at number 11 right now on most draft boards, 11, 12, 13. And I mean, he's a great skater. He's big. He's got a pro ready shot. The guy just fills pucks in the net. Like he, he's, he's an animal. I, think I, I will say this is one of the players that I actually did watch because I my brother knows, uh, knows Ethan Burroughs who also played for the Owen Sound attack. And Colby Barlow, like from day one, this kid was playing top six. And yeah, he just like, dude, like from watching him like early on to like last season as well. It's like this guy just, he stepped in and didn't miss a beat from being like a young player. So yeah, he's got such a good offensive bag. Like, yeah, like Jeff said, I'm shocked this kid fell to eight. Um, I think I'm the most qualified to talk about it here because I actually drafted him in my uh, NHL 22 draft, right? <laughs> And he actually turned out pretty well. He's a good second line, uh, second line player for me. So I think top I think six that, forward. I, I think that trumps your guys' cards there. I don't know. Medium yeah, top six forward, or, or yeah, he, he was, and then he grew, bro. Oh, we love to see it. He went we to a high it. top six. He went to a high oh, top six, go. bro. Oh, comment dang. down below if you want to see NHL twenty three content. Uh, I'll oh, buy yeah. a PS five if coming. you comment down below. And the comment gets ten likes. I will literally buy a PS five. So yeah, I'm making ten accounts. All right. <laughs> Uh, do you have any more or is that wrap up your uh, I was going to add uh, quickly. I do have one more prospect and I will just Perfect. say to close out Colby Barlow. He was also at the Holinka Gretzky tournament. Um, same as Callum. All, all these guys were at, at the tournament. Um, but yeah, again, not another great. I think he had like three or four goals in four games. So Put because of course he did. Um, also shout out to Ethan Burroughs for getting his assist. Was it yesterday or the day before yeah. in, in prospect camp at right the now. Panthers? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And Denny Gore as well. Shout out to all my Owen Sound guys at, at NHL yeah, Prospect. Those camp. are our guys. Um, the last guy we'll talk about who is one of the most interesting prospects of this draft, uh, Quentin Musty. Uh, he was drafted by Sudbury. He was the number one player drafted in the OHL draft uh, in this same draft year uh, as the other four, or the other three, sorry. Yeah, he's 6'2", 205, so he, he's another big guy, big body. Uh, he didn't perform as well as the other guys did uh in terms of the other rookies uh he, he was someone that i think he's a little bit more raw in terms of sort of all aspects of his game he's not as responsible defensively 
I think as some of the other guys in the draft, even like a Colby Barlow, who I said is just like a, a pure sort of power sniper, mm-hmm. um, I would say is even, you know, a little bit more responsible uh, defensively just to compare him to another left winger that's his age and is draft eligible playing in the same league. Uh, you know, so I, I think for him to have fallen maybe to like the 15 to 20 range was, was very surprising. But after I watched a little bit of video on him, I, I, I I didn't see his his offensive game transition as much into the OHL, although he did have a good rookie season. He will still be a first round pick. Uh, certainly, he, he he's a fantastic player. He's super creative. He's got insane hands, and I think that's really what sort of propelled him to the the top of the OHL draft. Uh, just because most teams were probably watching him and saying like, "Wow, this, the the skill that this guy possesses is really just unmatched," and you know, maybe, maybe he, he lacks a little bit of defensive responsibility at this moment, but uh, yeah, he, he's someone who I think he, he may jump up in the draft too. You never know. Right. Is it again, it's really where teams have Those raw guys potential place. guys, right. Those are all potential yeah. guys kind of, sometimes they fly up the boards. If a coach says, Oh, let me mold him. I can mold him. He's got all the tools. He's got the frame, but I, I can teach him the fine details or sometimes those guys are like, ah, it's not worth it. We have the more NHL ready guy. We have the more sound defensive guy. We're going to go with him, but yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, I'm sorry, I would just say my last thing, uh, last note is uh, the, the whole Michkov situation. So now the injury does sort of throw things into sort of a parallel universe. It's like, well, what's going to happen now and, and where is he going to go? But for me, I think he could honestly, he could still get drafted a little bit. Okay. He's not going to the cat. It's not, it's not happening. We're going to say it right now. He will not be a Washington capital at any point in his career. Unless clip it, unless clip likes. it, clip it, clip it. Oh, 10 years from now when he signs oh, no. with the Russian God squad. With 50 year old Ovi. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but he, there, there is something uh, that he can sort of bypass if he becomes healthier sooner rather than later. And, teams want to bring him over before his you know four or five year contract ends which is also a huge thing even before the russian invasion of ukraine was a very big problem for a lot of nhl teams being like well why did you sign for five years like Mm -hmm. you're getting drafted next year man you're probably going to be good enough i mean he had he broke ovi's u16 goal scoring record in russia he scored 70 goals 70 goals in 30 games sorry 70 goals in 26 games just to reiterate, against the best AAA players in in Moscow, and basically oh, no. that 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 Moscow league is they bring from all over the country the best Russian players, and they play in this league. And yeah, so I I think he has one of the most untapped potentials of any player I've seen. And yeah, I mean, really, if it, the, the, again, I was going to say there's something called the Russian Central Registry, um, and if if you contact them, NHL teams can sort of it's sort of their liaison between them and, and KHL teams and the Russian government. So if, if there is some sort of deal that can be worked out, maybe, you know, towards next year or in a couple of seasons, who knows, he could come before then and that could persuade teams to pick him even higher maybe, but uh, yeah. Lovely. Uh, well, thanks for that, Jeffrey. Um, we're going to have you on throughout the season, obviously giving us your updated uh, prospect rankings we're actually going to have you like do your mock drafts throughout the season as well. So like oh, yeah. maybe three, four times a year, Jeffrey will come on with his, Jeffrey uh, well, he's going to be on a lot, but he, he's going to be doing his mock draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so, but to end the pod here, guys, I didn't tell you what it was, but we have a quiz for both of you. Okay. Oh no. 
So it is going to be a rapid-fire quiz, and it's based on all the teams in the league, right? Are we teammates? So we, we, We're teammates? You're teammates. Okay. Um, okay. So you, you have two options. You guy can either give you, like, five, ten seconds per team, or we can set, like, a full limit, three minutes. You can rapid-fire. You can pass teams. Like, you say pass, I'll go to the next team, and you can come back. How do you guys uh, want to do it? Well, uh... Okay. Yeah. 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 I like the, I like the pass. So three minutes and 30 seconds. That's like, that's 10 more seconds than there is a team in the league. So. All right. So there is your quiz is franchise leading goal scores. Oh no. All right. Oh, I'm so bad with this stuff. We got this, Jeff. We got this. You'll help me out on the ones I don't know. All right. Do you have them pulled up? I have them all here ready. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I, have a, I have the list ready guys we got so, this show all right so you guys let me know when to start you ready you Jeff? i'm you ready. ready all right all right i'm ready starting now start with anaheim team Mussolini. correct arizona shane Doan. correct uh boston bruins is it ray borg it is not ray borg uh, esposito nope oh my god pass pass so buffalo sabers uh, is it uh, Gilbert Perot? Correct. Calgary Flames. Oh, oh I have no Calgary idea. Calgary Flames, guys. Come on. McDonald? No. Jerome? Jerome again. Uh, Let's Carolina go. Hurricanes. Is it Brindamore? Oh. Ron Francis? Ron Francis. No. Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, uh, Makita? Oh. Stan Makita? Nope. Oh, well, who am I thinking of? Ronick? Nope. All right, pass. Colorado Avalanche. Sackick. Correct. Columbus Blue Jackets. Rick Nash. Nash. Yep. Dallas Stars. Oh. Mike Badano. Yep. Great Detroit, one. Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Ivy. Detroit Red Wings. Uh, 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 Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe. Edmonton oh. Oilers. Gretzky. Gretzky. Go. Florida Panthers. Uh, uh, Hornquist? No. Nope. Uh, Huberdo? No. Nope. Uh, fucking Barkov? Barkov? Barkov. Los Angeles Kings. Hope it's. Nope. Uh, uh, Robitai. Robitai. Oh, good one. Minnesota Wild. Parise? Oh. No, nope. he wasn't there for very long. Uh, oh. Gabrick? Brother Sackett. Gabrick. Gabrick. Oh. Mon- Montreal Canadiens? Gee? No. Rocket. Rocket. Okay. Nashville Predators. Oh my God. Oh. Come on, come on guys. Pass. Come on. Come on. Just happened. Okay. Pass. New Jersey. Parise? Kovalchuk? Nope. Nope. Niedermeyer? Nope. Oh, he wasn't. Uh, Eliash? Eliash? New York oh. Islanders. Uh, Trottier? <laughs> Clark? Nope. One. Nope. Islanders? Uh, pass. Pass, yeah. New York Rangers? Uh, Messier? Nope. Gretzky? Nope. No, he wasn't there. Goals? Pass. Pass. Brian Leach? Ottawa. Was it Brian Leach? Nope. Okay, pass. Ottawa? Danny? Alfredson? Yep. yep. Flyers? Uh, Bobby Clark? No. Brett Hall? Oh. No. I don't even Other know Clark? No. <laughs> don't even know this guy. All right, pass. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Crosby. 
No. Lemieux. 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 San Jose Sharks. Joe? Nope. Marlowe? Patrick Marlowe. Marlowe. Seattle Kraken. Oh. Uh, McCann. McCann. Yeah. St. Louis, St. Louis Blues. Uh, Terry Snipe Show. No. Hall. 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 Yep. Tampa Bay Lightning. Stammer. 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 Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Sundin. Sundin. Vancouver Canucks. Uh, uh, Lind- or, uh, what's his name? Linden. Trevor Linden. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Henrik. Daniel. Daniel. Oh, Vegas Gold Knights. Uh, Marchese. Carlson. Marchese. Oh. And the timer is up. Oh. So what, we got how, through did, most of them. What other teams miss? do we, we have? We would have got Ovi. We would have got Ovi. Definitely. Yeah, you would have got you had Ovi and Winnipeg left. So you you didn't get Ovi and Kovalchuk. Bruins was John Buck. I don't know who the hell that is. What? For 545 goals. Oh my god, what a legend. Busick, you mean? B- Busick, Busick, sorry. I oh, John yeah, Busick. Busick. Okay, that's good. okay. I was like, Busick. who's John Buck? My bad. Pronounce it wrong. You yeah. missed him. No, that's okay. You missed Bobby Hall on the Blackhawks. Oh, oh, he was on the Blackhawks. Yeah. You missed Philip Forsberg on the Predators. I know. We just panicked. Mike yeah. Bossy, Mike Bossy on the Islanders. Oh my oh. God, we bricked that. That was a gimme. New York Rangers, Rod Gilbert. Who? Yeah, not not a four hundred and six Rangers goals. fans flame us, bro. That's not a pun, though. And the same with the Flyers, Bill Barber. Oh, you know, it's just yeah. Bill Barber. Yeah, yeah. Bill Barber, 420. 400 goals. Like, come on. And then you would have got it, OB and uh, Kovalchuk. So you guys passed. You guys did really good. Oh, we definitely would have passed. Way better than I thought I was going to do. You did pass. Let's yeah. go, bro. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Jeff came in clutch. You both came in clutch. So oh, yeah. No, we, we definitely, the ones that we didn't know, the other person picked up the slack. That was that was a fun yeah. quiz, Mitch. I'm, I'm, glad you, uh, I'm glad you picked that yeah, up. We, we can will definitely, definitely return with more quizzes. Yeah, we'll return with more. If you enjoyed the episode, share with a friend, like the video and subscribe with notifications on YouTube. You can listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you add and download the podcast there as well. If you want more NHL content, uh, check our clips playlist. We're going to be posting all of our hot takes from the pods from there. And if you're into NFL content, check out the Cheese Boys NFL podcast where I'm a host alongside my Packers friend, Sam. And thanks again for watching. We'll see you next time.